This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 8th of December. In your Squiz today, a crackdown on NDIS spending, battening down the hatches in Queensland, the UN boss calls for a ceasefire, and a cracking Caesar salad. This is your Squiz today. Claire, the National Disability Insurance Scheme is facing an overhaul with a report from a big independent review that was released yesterday backing up the need for change. It's found too many people are being given access to the NDIS and that's got to be dealt with if it's going to be sustainable. Yeah, so the scheme is costing $42 billion a year and it's heading towards costs of $100 billion a year within 10 years. Just to put that in perspective, it's already costing tax pays more than Medicare does. So that's the scale of things. Uh, It started with the best of intentions in 2013 as a lifeline for people with a permanent and significant disability. These days, there are 630 Australians on the scheme, and that's a lot more than anyone really predicted. It's come down to a surge in children on the scheme. One stat that's really cut through is that about 11% of all boys aged 5 to 7 years old are receiving some type of funding for mild autism or developmental delay through the scheme. The review says that's a problem because each participant gets their own funded plan for things like speech therapy, support workers and equipment. And so the cost of running the NDIS has shot up. That's an issue that's already been dealt with. As we talked about yesterday, the states and territories are taking back responsibility for those kids with extra support to be provided in places like schools. Yeah, And that's going to help with reining in the costs. And it's important for another reason. The review's authors also say that it's vital that there are services available outside the NDIS for the 4.4 million Australians who are living with a disability. Uh, But there have been mixed reactions to that decision. Nicole Rogerson is from Autism Awareness Australia. She says that she's worried that a large number of people will be kicked off the NDIS and that they would be left floundering. As for the NDIS Minister Bill Shorten, he says the government won't respond to all of the review's 26 recommendations until next year, but he has told participants that we're not going back to a time, and this is his quote, when people with disability were forced to rely on charity to fundraise for wheelchairs. He says he's determined to get the scheme back on track. A PSA for Queenslanders listening this morning. Experts say that those in the north of the state should begin preparing now for tropical cyclone Jasper. That's because the Bureau of Meteorology reckons that it could ramp up to a Category 5 storm overnight. That's as severe as cyclone warnings come. Mm. So they're really hoping that people do get ahead of things as much as possible. Jasper is still about 1,000 kilometres off the Queensland coast, but the experts say that it's mostly likely to hit somewhere between Mackay and Cooktown early to mid next week. Jasper could still change course, so there's that bit of uncertainty as well. But Mackay's Mayor Greg Williamson has told residents to get ready because he says it's too late to wake up Monday morning and have it on our doorstep. And as for the rest of the country, South Oz and Victoria are set to cop the worst of the heatwave today and New South Wales and the ACT will reach peak temperatures on Saturday. So, 
please stay safe, everyone, and keep hydrated this weekend. The United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has invoked Article 99 of the UN Charter. If you're like me and new to that concept, it's considered a rare move and it's to push the UN Security Council to pass an immediate ceasefire resolution on the Israel-Hamas war. What the experts say is that it's a dramatic step by Guterres, but he says that what's unfolding in Gaza is a humanitarian disaster that threatens international peace and security. He says that that after two months of war, there is appalling human suffering there. Um, If the Security Council does pass a ceasefire resolution as a result of Guterres going to them and pleading with them to do it, it means that the United Nations could send international forces to implement that ceasefire if Israel and Hamas didn't play ball. But when it comes to making these decisions, China, Russia, the United States, the UK and France could stand in the way of it because they hold veto power over those kind of calls. Yeah, the issue is that those countries don't agree on how a ceasefire should be implemented. There's a lot of politics and alliances at play there. For its part, Israel is not happy about Guterres calling on Article 99. In response, Israeli officials say he hasn't done enough to condemn Hamas and that he's not fit to lead the UN. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. The defamation case that's been playing out in Sydney, launched by Bruce Lerman against Network 10 and Lisa Wilkinson, has been a mainstay in the headlines since it got underway two weeks ago. And In the last couple of days, there's been evidence that's seen both Lerman and the woman who accused him of raping her, Brittany Higgins, put under pressure. Yeah, so there's been a lot of reporting on this again this week. A lot of what's been discussed in court we've already heard, but there's a couple of new things to note. New questions have been raised after evidence was heard that the pair kissed in a nightclub on the night in question. Higgins has previously said that nothing like that happened between them. Uh, and Lerman continues to deny that they had any intimate contact that night. Um, Higgins is also facing questions over her $2.45 million settlement with the Commonwealth Government. That figure has been confirmed this week. Uh, There had been questions about the scale of that. As for Lerman, there have been questions over his tie-up with Network 7. Yeah, so that's over the exclusive interview that he gave them. It's been revealed in these court hearings that the broadcaster is paying his rent in exchange for his participation in that interview. That's seen it scratched from Australia's top journalism awards, the Walkleys. This case is expected to wrap up next Thursday and still to give evidence is Lisa Wilkinson. Claire, I'm told there was a time when going to the National Gallery in Canberra to see Jackson Pollock's abstract painting Blue Poles was a thing. The gallery acquired the famously expensive artwork in 1973 and it was very contentious at the time. 
Now it seems like we have a modern-day equivalent. Yeah, we really do. So the gallery set to unveil an animatronic installation. <laughs> it's by the American artist Jordan Wolfson. It's called body sculpture. Uh, so, look, we all own it. We're taxpayers. So <laughs> this is our new thing that we've got. Uh, and it's been compared to blue poles when it comes to the price that's been paid. Uh, we've paid $6.7 million for body sculpture. When you compare that to Jackson Pollock's blue poles, we paid $1.3 million for that in 1973. Alice, I crunched the numbers in a little inflation calculator, and it's basically exactly the same price. Mm. So it really is a big purchase for our gallery. Um, the photos or seeing it in person, look, you know, I'm not going to play art critic, Alice. It's probably <laughs> not everyone's cup of tea. I'm sure some people will find it absolutely amazing. Um, but apparently gesticulating robots are his thing. Wolfson says that this works movements, and this is the quote, elicits the viewer to become activated in their bodies and therefore present. Well, people do pay a lot of money to become activated in their bodies in present, Claire. <laughs> it's also worth mentioning that under 15s will need adult supervision to see it because of what is said to be its mature themes. And if you do want to take a look at some photos of body sculpture over your morning coffee, I'll pop a link to it in the episode notes today. Claire, what have you got for Friday Lights today? Alice, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like I need something fresh and green. And we're heading into a couple of weeks worth of, you know, really pre-Christmas drinks and dinners and lunches and all those sorts of delicious things where I don't think there'll be a lot of green leafy vegetables <laughs> on the plate. So a Caesar salad is what I'm steering for. You know how every, I don't know, I get every now and then a real craving for a Caesar salad. So mm. I've definitely got that at the moment. I'm not into eggs, I think as squizzes know, so I leave them out. But this recipe is a really good one and the dressing you make from scratch, but it's very, very easy and it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, good idea to load up on the greens now. I'll pop the mm. recipe for that one in the episode notes today. And squeeze the day, Claire. I didn't realise this, but Gingerbread House Day is a thing. It's happening <laughs> this Sunday, so it's a good chance to start prepping a Christmas gingerbread house, I reckon. Yeah. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's really delicious. Yeah. Look, great idea. Gingerbread houses are delicious and they do look pretty special this time of year. Um, as for me, Kate and I are going to be back with the weekly wrap tomorrow. We're going to take you through another big week of news. Yeah, good one. And if you want to listen to that, make sure you head over to the News Club show to pick that one up. That's it for us today. Thank you for listening and we hope you have a great weekend. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. 
they do leak a, <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when a when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. Such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was you know absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is. A lot of what the treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and and other organisations. So you know there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handled handled in an appropriate appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.